All right, now I told you that the average rate of change is found by the slope of the secant line, and the, in, and the instantaneous rate of change is found with the slope of the tangent line. But let's verify that, that we're getting close by using some small time intervals, and then we're going to prove it using calculus. So I'm going to start with this time interval from t going from 2 seconds to 2.1 seconds. And I'm going to get the average rate of change. And then I'm going to compare that to the derivative of the function at the first t value. It doesn't really matter which one we use, but obviously 2 is easier to plug into a derivative than is 2.1. So I want to find the average rate of change. Let me show you what's happening on the graph. We have this position function. We're starting at time 2 seconds. And we already know from our table that his height after two seconds has gone to 480 feet. Now what we don't know yet is his height after 2.01 seconds. And we need to know that if we want to get the average rate of change on that time interval, right? Because the average rate of change is the slope of the secant line. Or you can just think it's the change in the two y values divided by the change in time. And so what is this y value? You can either use your calculator and plug in 2.01 into the function s of t. So I'm going to write s of 2 point, oops, not 01, 2.1. Well, I'm jumping the gun. I'm going to move to 2.01 in a second. But 2.1 seconds. Plug that into the position function. And when you do, you will get... Now, I'm just using my table. So I went to table setup, and I started at x equals 2, and then I did a delta table of 0.1. So when I use 0.1 for my delta table, I get 491.04 feet. Now, if you're on the test and you only need one average rate of change for one time interval, you probably would just go in the home screen and type in negative negative 16t squared plus 176t plus 192 and then say such that t equals 2.1. This obviously would be a little caret 2 for t squared. And when you do that, you should get 491.04 feet. I just used the table because I had it up anyway. So we have 491.04 feet after starting at 480 feet. So we need our change in y, or delta s for this example. And our delta t is easier, right? 2.1 and 2 are our two t values. If you take the later one minus the previous one, you get the delta t, which is 0.1. So now if I want my average rate of change, I need the slope of the secant line. So I just need to find the difference between these two values over the difference between the two t values. So I'm going to go back to my table, and I'm going to write the average rate of change. And let me write also velocity average, the average velocity, s of 2.1 minus s of 2 all over 2.1 minus 2. S of 2.1 is 491.04. S of 2 is 480. 2.1 minus 2 is my delta t, 0.1. 
And so I just need to find this difference. I have 0.04, I have one, I have one 11.04 feet, right? And then divided by 0.1. I don't need a calculator for this, right? When I divide by 0.1, I'm dividing by a tenth, one over 10. So if you divide by a fraction, multiply by the reciprocal, and so you have 10 times 11.04. So 110.4, and it's in feet over seconds. So on that small time interval of a tenth of a second, his average velocity is 110.4 feet per second. Now, what we're saying from what we know from calculus is that we think the average rate of change on that small time interval isn't going to be too far away from the instantaneous rate of change on the interval. Because the instantaneous rate of change, we think, should be represented by the slope of the tangent line. And the smaller the the x interval, the closer the secant line is to the tangent line. We saw that on the computer animation, right? So the closer the two points are to each other on the x-axis, the closer the slope of the secant line is to the slope of the tangent at either of the x values. So I'm going to look at the derivative at the first t value, t1, which is 2 seconds. So first of all, what is s prime of t in general? The derivative of the position function, here it is, s of t, So S prime of T would be 2 times negative 16, or negative 32T. It's probably easier to look at the the formula when it's written the other way, but negative 16T squared, its derivative is negative 32T, plus the derivative of 176T is just 176. So my derivative is negative 32T plus 176. If I plug in 2 into the derivative, I get negative 32 times 2 plus 176. So I get negative 64 plus 176, which is when I subtract 2, 1, 1, positive. So 112 feet per second. Notice they're very close. At 2 seconds, we have 112 feet per second at the derivative, the slope of the tangent line. And on the interval from 2 to 2.1, we have 110.4 feet per second. Which one is smaller? Which one is a smaller velocity? The average velocity. And does that make sense here? Because the graph is steepest at the first t value, and then he starts slowing down as time passes, doesn't he? Now, he doesn't have a lot of time to slow down, only 0.1 second. A tenth of a second is a very small amount of time. But you can even see here, he slows down just a little bit on that time interval, doesn't he? So I think the instantaneous velocity should be 112 feet per second. And I can see that they're very close together when I use a small interval, the average velocity, and what I think should be the instantaneous velocity. How could we get a better approximation with the average velocity? How could we verify even more? that this really is 112 feet per second, really is my instantaneous velocity. I kind of already gave it away. I always do that. 2.01 maybe seconds. 
Or could we even be more accurate and do 2.001 or 2.0001? Or you can see there's no end to it, right? Let's do 2.0001. We'll just cut to the chase. Then we're going to prove it using calculus. So 2 seconds to 2.0001 seconds. I need to find the average rate of change, the average velocity, and compare it to the instantaneous velocity. I'm still going to use 2 seconds because I've already got it. So the average velocity, the second y value is s of 2.0001 minus the first y value, s of 2, all over 2.0001 minus 2. So this is what you do on your paper if you're asked for the average rate of change of any function given an interval of your inputs, 2 to 2.0001 in this case. So I'm going to use my table. You can also go to the home screen. And all you have to do is really change the t value to being 2.0001. But if I also just go to my table and go to setup, and I, cha- and I still start at 2, but this time my delta table is going to have 0.0001. And I hit enter twice. And then it gives me, it gives me 480.01 in the table, but I could actually be a little more accurate if I write down, if I go over and I highlight that entry in the table, I can see that I have 48, sorry, 480.011, and then I have to round at some point, so I'm going to stop here at the 2. So 480.0112, then I'm going to subtract 480. Notice not much change in position over a very, very, very tiny time interval. That makes sense, doesn't it? 0.0001. When I do the subtraction, I just have 0.0112 all over 0.0001. What's another name for 0.0001? Isn't that one, let's see, tenth, hundred, thousandth, ten thousandths? So I multiply the top by 10,000. So that just means for every 10, move the decimal point over one. So one, two, three, four zeros. So I get one, one, two feet per second for my average velocity on an incredibly small time interval, 0.0001 seconds. And notice, to those decimal places that I went out, I went out to four decimal places, to the same number of decimal places, um, to four decimal places, I have the same value for my average velocity as I do for my instantaneous. So it's not a proof, but it's a pretty good indication to me that my slope of the tangent line, the derivative at either one of the endpoints really, gives me the instantaneous rate of change. What I would find if I took my average rate of change and made the time interval smaller and smaller to going down to almost one instant in time. This is a pretty tiny instant in time, or pretty tiny time interval. Let me say it again. It's a pretty tiny time interval, so it's almost one instant in time. And so we can see that the average rate of change on that time interval is to our decimal places the same as the instantaneous rate of change. Now, they're not identical because I had to round, but they're pretty close, right?
So how could we prove this using calculus? It's actually not that difficult because you've seen this already in section in the first section on derivatives. We have the slope of the tangent line. Don't we know using limits that if we take the limit as h goes to 0 of the slope of the secant line, we get the slope of the tangent line. And what's h? Isn't h our difference between our two inputs? And so if we want to take the the average rate of change and we're going to take the length of the time interval to 0, then that's going to represent our instantaneous rate of change. And so we can see that the average rate of change, if you take the time interval smaller and smaller, will just give you the instantaneous rate of change. And that's the derivative. But let me call it f prime of x because that's what we're used to. The derivative is equal to the limit as h goes to 0 of the second y value minus the first y value all over the change in time. If you take that ratio as h goes to 0, that's your derivative. And so this is really just our average rate of change with the time interval going to 0. And that gives us our instantaneous rate of change. So you can see the derivative represents the instantaneous rate of change. And the slope of the secant line represents the average rate of change.